You're tuned into Two Shades of Blue, a Carolina Blitz podcast featuring Royal and Terrence, two brothers from another mother who rep rival teams eight miles down Tobacco Road. Each week, Royal and Terrence will give their real and unbiased take on all Carolina sports and entertainment. Yo, 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 welcome to the Two Shades of Blue podcast. My name is Royal Howell, my co-host Terrence Hatchett. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we got two national champions on the other side of the railroad tracks. You know, I'm a blue devil. They're your fellow Tar Heels. It speaks for itself. B-Rob, Brandon Robinson, and Kenny Williams. Thank you for joining this show today, Rob. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate you. All right, fellas. So uh, first things first, uh, what are your current thoughts on what you've seen from the uh, Tar Heels this season, especially as of late? Um, coming off of the UVA game, they had to reschedule uh, game tonight versus Northeastern. Uh, what do you guys uh, think about this team uh, so far this season? I'll let uh, you go first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's been it's been really great to see their growth. Um, you know, before the season, or you know, early on in the season, I've had to I had to try to calm a lot of people down. Um, you know, just to recognize the times that we were in. They didn't get the full summer. Uh, you know, in the weight room in the pickup games with Jonas and the former players. They didn't get a regular preseason uh, in terms of exhibition games, scrimmage, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so it was going to take them a little bit longer to uh, get over the hump of the initial uh, growth curve. Um, but it seems like here lately, the last month, um, month or so, it's it's been one of those things where, you know, they're kind of starting to turn, turn the corner and play a little bit better and start to play towards the potential that we saw before the season. So I think that's the that's the best part about it, just them seeing them, um, you know, grind through it and turn that corner and to see guys like Caleb start to play better, um, see guys like RJ start to play, all of them starting to play better. Um, for me, it's a lot of fun. Um, I guess for me, it's just been exciting to see their growth from last year through the difficult season that we had, you know, not winning a lot. And I think like a lot of younger guys found out last year, like winning isn't easy. Like it's a hard thing to do. So to see them like kind of start off rough and pick it up over time and just continues to fight out these games, get these wins. It's just like impressive to me. Like Kenny said, like people needed to be patient with the team because it's not normal times like. I think the biggest thing with my growth, and I think Kenny can um, attest to this, is just being around all the former players and practicing in the summer too. And then even when we had practice in the summer, the former players would come back and practice with us. And then they always giving us tips of how to be successful in the offense and, and basically just how to go about everything of being a Carolina basketball from, you know, just in the classroom on and off the court. So for them just to be doing that by themselves and kind of figure it as long as uh, figuring it out by themselves as they go has been impressive to me because, you know, I don't know how I would have handled it during these times. So that's why I can't be harsh on them for having those early losses and having those adversities. And for me, I would have loved to see Ant play earlier because I think he could have made a difference in some of those games with just his defensive ability and his spark off the bench. We've seen a bunch of different lineups this year for the Tar Heels, um, including, you know, implementing Ant back into the lineup after coming back from injury. Um, you know, a lot of times Roy plays two bigs at a time, three, uh, you know, a wing and two guards. Um, we've heard a bunch of speculation from former players, fans about, you know, maybe RJ should be starting 
um, Caleb should be starting. Um, they shouldn't play together. What are y'all thoughts on what's the best lineup in your opinion for UNC to make a deep run into the tournament? That's tough. See, I, I knew, I knew, I knew that's where you were going, and then yeah. I you started to think. Um, I I think Caleb at the one with the way he's been playing lately, and then Kerwin, Leaky, and then ex, for experience, I'm going Garrison and Armando. Um, honestly, you could. I think that's the starting lineup. Isn't it? Yeah, it's a starting line. Star line yeah. Could uh, I mean you could throw Dayron in there? Um, but like I said, for experience, you know, I'd rather have Garrison and Armando. Um, you know, they've been playing together for two years. Uh, they know each other's games. They complement each other well. Um, and then, like I said, Michaela's been playing a lot better, playing to his potential. Uh, the way Kerwin shooting the ball is hard not to put him in the lineup. And then Leaky's just so versatile that defense and, uh, you know, the, the the guy that can make plays for somebody else. Um, you know, I think that's the lineup that's the most uh, – I think that's probably the best lineup we can throw out there right now. I would have to agree, too, just because, like you said, the way Caleb has been playing and then the experience that Armando and Garrison have, and then you need, always need a shooter on the court with um, Kerwin to be able to space the floor. And I think every team needs a guy like Leakey that – not necessarily is going to come out every game and give you 10 to 12 points, but can come out there and defend, get rebounds, get assists, make the extra pass to somebody and get a hockey assist. I think that's something that's important. Like if you look at our championship team, Theo wasn't out there scoring 10 to 12 points almost every game. He was doing all the little things that made the team click, that made the team go. So I think you need a glue guy in, in Leaky. But the reason why I like that lineup, too, is because you have guys that can come off the bench like Dayron and you have RJ that can come off the bench and be, like, really productive. And they can go to other schools and start. So that just says a lot about our team that you have guys. And even Walker Kessler was a McDonald's All-American, and he doesn't get, like, major minutes. So that's just a test to our team. Like, we have a lot of pieces. And I think that can be something that can be utilized going into the tournament. Um. Kenny, and um, I'll start with you, and then uh, Brandon. Uh, both of you guys play with uh, Kobe, and then Brandon, you play with Cole Anthony. How hard is it for a point guard to pick up Roy Williams' system? Uh, it's tough. I, I mean, I, of course, I wasn't in that position, but, you know, it's kind of hard to, especially for a scoring point guard, to figure out when to attack and look for yours and when to try to get some the other people involved. Um, you know, cause you come out of high school and you're always looking for yours, you know, attack, attack, attack at all times. And you have to, like, when you get to school, you put in that system, you have to realize that, you know, yeah, you're going to be in attack mode, but it's, there's other times when, you know, you got to set other guys up. Um, and I, I mean, you kind of saw it from Kobe where, you know, in the beginning of his freshman year, I mean, he was in attack mode at all times, going as fast as he could, 100 miles per hour. But as the season went on, you could see him, you know, start to – I mean, he was still going fast, but he was starting to make reads with it. And it wasn't always, you know, just him trying to get to the basket. It was – he was slowing down a little bit mentally and he was making the right plays and getting guys the ball where they might have a great shot or, 
you know, things like that. So I think, I think that's the toughest thing, especially for those last two is just, you know, they're so accustomed to scoring, you know, you got to figure out when, when you can attack and when, when it's uh, better to get somebody else a shot. So I think that's the big adjustment really. Um, being a point guard in North Carolina is different. Like I always say, I'm glad I was never a point guard there, especially as a freshman, because you got to think about it coming in as a freshman, as a, as a freshman already alone, you have to learn everything. You have to learn all the plays. So for me and Kenny as wing players, we just really had to know the wing spot. We just had needed to know where to go as a wing player. If you're a point guard, you need to know what you have to do as yourself as a point guard. You need to know what the wing needs to do, and you need to know what the big man needs to do. And you need to be an extension of coach on the floor too. So you got all that going on, trying to figure out where everybody needs to be and trying to be perfect at the same time and trying not to mess up yourself. So that's a tough thing to do as a freshman coming in, trying to learn all that stuff and trying to help everybody be in the right position. And people don't understand, like at North Carolina, the point guard really controls everything for us. He's going to make the defensive calls. He's going to make the offensive calls. He's going to basically, like I said, be an extension of coach on the floor. So basically, he's being coached. Like you're, you have a, you're coming in as a freshman at 18, trying to make sure everybody is doing the right thing. That's a tough thing to deal with. And I think that's why if you look at Cole over the season, like in the beginning, people always say that, oh, he, he's playing out of control or he's not getting people involved. He was still trying to figure everything out. And later on in the season, I feel like that's when me and Cole and Garrison start kind of building some chemistry together because he start figuring us out and we start figuring him, him out. And you only get better over time playing. I think that's something that's happened with Caleb. Like you just get better through your, your trials and your errors because you learn so much from your mistakes and you watch film all the time. So I think that's what something that was big for Caleb, just being able to just grind through those mistakes and figuring the game out. Like the game has slowed down for him a lot. Speaking of slowing down, I'm going to switch the subject a little bit. I ain't trying to, you know, put a rain in your afraid or anything, but uh, you know, a couple, you know, a couple nights ago, um, you know, you guys beat my Duke blue doubles in camera. You know, you guys celebrated after the game. A video went viral. You know, the video circulated, which it shouldn't have in the first place. Um, you know, it featured two players on the, this year's squad. You know, celebrating, having a good time with no face mask. Um, you had people trying to call for their heads, asking for suspensions, penalties, everything else. Um, I won't go that far, but um, you know, Royal Williams disciplined them. Um, they were they're definitely playing tonight. Um, do you think the discipline was enough for both the stars for UNC? Um after, you know, being spotted at a party celebrating a UNC win? I'll always let Kenny go first because he's older than me. <laughs> knowing, knowing Coach Williams, I mean, it definitely was. Uh, he knows, he, I mean, he knows how to get guys to act right. Um, and knowing him and knowing, like, you know, just the respect that everybody has for Coach when they get to North Carolina, it's like, Okay, you might do some something that's boneheaded, but you know, as soon as coach says something about it, then that nips it in the bud right there. It probably won't happen like that again. Um, so I think that that is a big thing. Also, is just the respect that we have for coach and what he's done is, you know, we don't want to let have the program looking crazy. Um, you know, all up in the media or whatnot. Um, but I'm sure you know he there was some kind of you know, punishment or whatever you want to call it, just, you know, just to let them know that that's not the way that things are, that they should be operating. 
And, um, you know, they probably did that and moved on from it. For me, you know, just like I always kind of look at it of like when I was in school and the things we did after we beat Duke, like we had fun and we had a good time. So like a, a part of me was like, man, I feel bad for them because they can't enjoy that that experience. Like beating Duke is part of your college experience as a, even as a student at Carolina or Duke, like that's one of the most fun times that you have as a college student. So I felt bad that they didn't get a chance to celebrate that. But then again, though, just the times that we're in and things, you have to be extra precautious and safe and move carefully. Like I was disappointed in them for, for like what happened. And, you know, coach is always big on not making the program look bad. So I know like those guys like felt sorry for what they did because like, Kenny can even attest to this, like, you never want to let coach down. Like, you never want to get in trouble and let coach down because, like, you genuinely feel bad because coach is the type person. He's not going to be strict. He's not, like, I'm not going to – well, he is a strict person, but he's not going to monitor your every move. He's going to give you freedom Mm -hmm. because he's going to treat you like you're a grown man and he expects you to do the right thing. So that's why we don't want to let him down because he gives us that freedom and respect and he wants that in return. Um, what's it like uh, when a Roy Williams, when you're being recruited, he comes home and he walks in your door. What's that feeling like? Um, describe to the audience what it's like because most people don't get that feeling that you guys have been fortunate enough to uh, be recruited by Roy Williams. Well, for me, I, it was always, I still remember the first time he called me, um, like I remember where I was. I remember what was going on, and it was just like it didn't. It almost didn't feel real because you know I was growing up. I was I was a big North Carolina basketball fan. Like my dad couldn't stand it because he was a he was a UVA basketball fan, and you know I was always going against him. And then, you know, I, I, was, I always told my dad, as soon as I started to get serious about basketball, like, you know, I want to go to North Carolina and play basketball. And the first time Coach Williams called me, I was in my car after a workout. And he called me. He was like, he just basically said, introduce yourself. And we talked. We didn't talk for long. But, you know, just after that call, it was like I just had to sit in my car and was like, you know, I just got off the phone with Roy Williams. It was it was like it wasn't real because, you know, before you meet him, like as a kid growing up, you know, Hall of Fame coach, he's one of those mythical figures that, you know, you just you just don't know if you'll ever meet him. But for, to have him call my phone and, you know, just tell me that he's interested and they will be, you know, looking to build a relationship, it was like, dang, like, that that really just happened. It was one of those moments that you you remember for the rest of your life. And, you know, it was one of those things that definitely changed my life. It was like, you know, this is this really happening. So uh, yeah, it was incredible for me. I'm a, I would agree with that, like just the same thing Kenny said. But I think the moment that was the most craziest for me, like during my recruiting process is like coaches can come to your school and visit you like in school and come watch you work out like after school and stuff. So coach came to my school during the day and he uh, came to one of my classes. And I just can't remember like when I walked from my class, like the administrator and my coach came and got me from class with coach Williams. I remember walking from my class and going to the gym. And I remember we walked through the lunchroom and just everybody, like the lunchroom just got quiet. 
and everybody turned and looked. And then I guess like noise got around that uh, Roy Williams was in the school. So like when he was walking through the hallway, like you could see people like peeking their head through the door, like seeing coach, trying to see coach Williams. So I think that was like the most craziest moment for me. Cause I'm cause like at a school like mine, you're not seeing a Roy Williams come to your school every day. So just to see him and be in his presence was just like incredible. Like I couldn't believe that he was actually at my school, like telling me he wanted me to come to North Carolina. Bad, bad. Fellas, um, as you know, um, Jalen Johnson, potential lottery pick for Duke, um, opted out, quote unquote, in my opinion, quit on Duke this past week. And um, there's been speculations around, you know, him and Coach K bumping heads. Um, do you think it was a bit of him not having his ego stroked under the Duke program? Or do you think it was agents, family in his ear saying, hey, you know, you're not getting that much playing time. Um, let's go ahead and shut it off, prevent you from getting injured, uh, making millions and millions of dollars potentially for the next, you know, the next go around in the lottery. Um, can you really blame him for opting out? If it was you, what would you have done with a, you know, a struggling Duke team potentially? You know, there's still time for them to make a run for the tournament. But um, if you were in Jalen Johnson's shoes, what would you have done? I personally, me personally, I wouldn't have done it. Um, I do think the timing is pretty bad, uh, but I can't, you can't blame me. Like you, I, I never try to speak on what I don't know. So I don't know his situation. I don't know what's going on every day at Duke. I don't know his conversations with coach K or his family. Um, but if he felt like that was what's best for him, then I, there's nothing I can say about it. Uh, but me personally, no, I wouldn't have done it, uh, especially this late in the season. Like, uh, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit last night. You know, you just having a rough season, um, you know, but still battling with your, with your uh, brothers every single day and practicing in games, you know, and things not necessarily going your way, but, you know, just the battle, uh, you know, that's part of the things that, you know, you can build or you, they can build relationships. And, you know, you just go know you're going to battle with your brother every day, no matter the result. And, you know, like I said, me personally, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have uh, just opted out this late. But like I said, also, he you can't blame him at all. I mean, he thought that's what's best. So uh, who am I to say anything else about it? So. Yeah, me, me personally, like, I wouldn't have said that, set out, I would wanted to play, like, even last year, just going through injuries and, like, hurting my ankle, re-aggravating it. Like, both times that I hurt my ankle, I came back early to just because I wanted to play so bad and be a part of playing with my teammates and my brothers because, you know what I'm saying, you with them so much and you go through a grind so much, it's just like an emotional connection. But I didn't, I'm not a lottery pick or anything, so I can't. You know what I'm saying? I that that decision, like I'm not in that shoe to make that decision. But like Kenny said, I can't blame him. The only thing that I really just kind of had a problem with was that he came back and played three games and then decided to sit out. Like I wouldn't kind of look at the situation. I don't even think the situation would be as big if when he got hurt and it was time for him to come back and he decided, you know what, man, I'm just gonna not play and just prepare for the draft. Like I could really understand that. But the fact that he kind of came back and played three games and wasn't getting that playing time he wanted and just decided to opt out, I think that's just kind of the the real issue with it. 
because for like example, Cole had a chance to be a lottery pick. I think he was a lottery pick, but he came back and and played. And even though he wasn't playing his best at first, he didn't just quit on us. Like he just kept fighting and fighting. And I respected him so much for that because he didn't have to come back. Like he had way more to lose than he had to gain by coming back. So I just think that's the biggest issue with that. The fact that he played three games and then decided to quit because things weren't going his way. You know, when he gets to the NBA, you know, he's going to have to battle through that adversity too. So, you know, you can't run always run from adversity, but can I blame him? No, but I just like, like Kenny said, I just can't speak on it too much because I'm not in the Duke program and I'm not him or Coach K or have been in behind the scenes to see their conversation of what's going on. You guys are in the UNC program and you guys, you know, have a good relationship with Cole. What was his attitude about the whole, you know, when he got hurt, you know, those rumors about him, you know, not coming back, not one, but everything I read, he seemed like he wanted to come back. He wasn't gonna let you guys down. He wanted to play regardless of the struggles. He was about the hustle, about the grind. He wasn't gonna, you know, put you guys down at all. What was his attitude like? You know, was it pretty much a done deal that he was coming back? Like, I'm not sure where this talks from the outside is coming from. Yeah, for sure. It was crazy because, like, I remember, like, because Cole didn't live with me. Like, I live with Garrison, Sterling, and Christian. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were sitting around, like, bro, did I think Cole really coming back? Like, because he would, he would talk about it and be like, bro, I'm coming back. But, you know, the media can stir up so much stuff. And you read so much stuff on the Internet. We was like, man, is he lying to us or is he really coming back? But every day he would be in there grinding, working out, like he was really coming back. So I was like, yo, he's he's for real. Like, this is not just no talk. He's not just lying to us just to get us off his back. Like, he really means what he's saying. Like, he's coming back. And, like, I remember every day, like, we'll do pre-practice and we'll do split up and guards and bigs. Every time we get done working out, guards, he's like, B, I'm almost back, bro. I'm almost back. Like, just always excited and ready to play. And you could tell he really loved the game. He really loved being a part of Carolina. And even though his plans was to use Carolina to to get to the NBA, to reach his dreams and goals, like putting on that North Carolina jersey really meant something to him. It just wasn't, I'm just there for one year. I'm trying to get out. Like he really wanted to win a championship. All right, guys. um, Did you guys have a moment, whether it was through a workout or practice, where you realized that you weren't in high school anymore, like I'm really at North Carolina? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, my first summer of pickup, man. I had to, I'm, you know, I, I came into college 165. So I'm little and my first summer of pickup, I had to end up, I found myself guarding guys like, uh, David Noel. Somehow I ended up, I remember guarding Jawad Williams sometimes. And guys like that, that's just, you know, those those big muscular guys. So it was like having to guard them and them trying to post me up. It wasn't like they was taking it easy. I mean, they was they was really trying to post me up. They was trying to take advantage of it. And that was that's when I was like, you know, this ain't high school no more. Like I can't I can't go out here. I'm not about to be doing whatever I want. So I had to realize that I had to get stronger. I had to do all of that. So that was that was my moment where, you know. Guys were just a whole lot bigger than me and taking advantage of that physical uh, advantage, really. I wouldn't, like, I would agree with Kenny, but it's like that wasn't it for me because I've always kind of been smaller than everybody my whole life. So people have always tried to, like, bully me when I play and stuff. But I joke around with Justin all the time because we play video games together. 
And I told him he gave me my welcome to college moment because we was in the first practice and he caught the ball and he looked at me and he jab stepped and I didn't move. And then he pump fake and I still didn't react. And he shot a three like deep. And in high school, people not shooting like NBA range threes. And he shot it and he started laughing at me and then ran down the court. And he was like, boy, you better step up. <laughs> and I was like, knew at that moment right there, I was like, yeah, I'm in college. It's real. Like, everybody can play. Everybody can shoot far. So I really got to step this thing up. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, last question uh, before we let you guys go. Um, both of you were on the national championship team. Was there a single game or moment where you guys knew that you were going to win the national championship that year? For me personally, I think it was the Arkansas game. Um, just seeing how nothing was going right that game, you guys still found a way to pull it out. For me, that was the moment I knew that you guys could get it done. Um was there any particular moment that you guys feel like you could win it all that year? I think I think I I'll rewind a little bit. I won't take yours. I'll I'll go Maui. The way we the way we dominated Maui that year, it was like all right, we got some here because we I mean we we went to Maui and we literally ran through everybody like it did. It wasn't even a competition for real. Um, so I'll I'll say that just just to not take yours, but it was definitely. My number one was definitely Arkansas. It was like, you know, we pulled that out. I was like, all right, we we about to do something. But when we went to Maui and we we blew out, we blew everybody out. That's when we we were like, all right, we got something here. Or well, for me personally, I'm gonna have to agree with Kenny. I think it was Maui, just the way we dominated Maui, and the way we played and the way like our chemistry was. I was like, man, we really got something special. But just like not how we were interacting with each other on the court, but like off the court, if you looked at other teams, like it'll only be like two or three guys together or like four people together. Like we was moving as a whole team in Maui every time we did something. And, you know, it was crazy because we was playing in Maui and like you do it before you play games, like you do like this, you have this banquet and you do like contests and stuff and you like do dancing and you play cornhole and stuff. And we won a dance contest and the cornhole contest. And they was like, teams were out there talking trash to us, saying we wasn't going to win and and nothing. So it was crazy, like, just how we responded to all that, how we came together. It was just crazy. That whole trip was fun. All the teams were together, like, like a big contest of all four teams? Yeah, it was like all the teams. Like, we had a big contest. We won a dance contest and the cornhole contest. Okay. And let them know we won, too. So it it was a fun trip. Yeah, when I say we ran through the whole thing. Like we ran through everything. We want everything there in Maui. <laughs> what um just one more quick question. Did you guys uh feel like you were under a lot of pressure that year just coming off of the you know the Bill Noble game in 2016 and you know being uh the number one seed in the NCAA tournament? How much pressure were on you guys to win the uh tournament that year? Um I don't I don't think we had a bunch of pressure because we knew what it took from the year before. Um, but we also knew what time it was, especially when we got to the tournament. We knew it was all right, this is redemption time now, like we can't be playing around. But you know, we were still loose off the court. We were still the same people. Theo was Theo. Uh, you know, everybody was themselves, everybody was super loose. And I think that made it a little bit easier. But you know, from the you know, three days after we lost to Villanova, we knew what time it was. It was, you know, everybody back to work. And, you know, we, we I mean, we, that whole summer we were just working. And I'm sure B-Rob would tell you when he, when they came on campus, 
you know, there was, they, they, they kind of knew what time it was from the jump. Um, you know, everybody was just about getting back to the championship and finishing it. So uh, we didn't add any pressure, but, you know, everybody in the program knew what we were trying to do. So we didn't let that, we didn't let anything stop us from doing that. Yeah, I would say, like, for me, because I wasn't on the team the year before. So, like, as far as, like, I remember just my first workout, like, on campus at North Carolina with the whole team, like, I can remember, like, me, Tony, and Seb, like, walking in and, like, oh, these dudes serious. Like, they, they really trying to get back to this championship. And they let it be – like, not let it be known to us, but they set an example and set a standard. We would come in and work out. Like, we going as hard as we can to try to get back to this moment. And, and if you're not with it, you need to just go sit down somewhere. Like, they were serious. And, and we knew we had to come in and work hard each and every day because, like, we never knew when our number was going to be called for spot minutes and we couldn't come in and be a letdown. So we, we kind of knew when we came in, like, what the mission was and what the goal was. But just off the court, like, dudes didn't really kind of talk about it. It was just we had fun and was ourselves. But every time we got in between the lines or was in the weight room, it was all business. It was it was real serious, and we worked hard. Fellas, man, thank you so much, man. It's been a blessing to talk to y'all, have y'all on the podcast with us, man. Like, like we really, really appreciate y'all joining us today, man. Like, much love, man. Congrats on everything, national champions. Thank y'all for coming, you know, and joining us on the show today, man. Much love. For sure. Appreciate Thanks. you having us, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks, man.